I like that. So did I, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it, it did, I, I really liked how it handled storytelling throughout the character's life without you ever seeing the character, just through the the things and the place. how it handled story. Yeah, that was very cool. And it was very just zen. Yeah, things absolutely. on the shelves. And yeah, and it had like a lot of little details that they didn't need to include. Like you could take objects and like shake them and click them and they'd make all these different noises that like contextual noises based on where you place them and yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of love and care put into it. Lots of little hidden like secrets, like Yeah. Like if you like I at one point I was looking for a place to put like a hair straightener and mm -hmm. I for, I put it in the sink just to like put it somewhere and then I got an achievement which uh, do something like, dangerous yeah fire i got the fire hazard achievement <laughs> i like that yeah that's uh yeah very cute game hello everyone we're live we were just talking about unpacking a new indie game on steam because we're not probably not gonna be talking about it on the podcast nope well, we're talking about shared universes on the podcast i'm yati crochet i'm joined by marty sleever hey everybody uh just let's just get out of the way now remember that uh, your super chats will all be read out from the halfway point of the podcast so don't think we're ignoring them anything you want us to answer or anything we want to say out loud get all that in and we'll take care of it when the time comes in the meantime we must have a very very serious discussion about shared universes and why they suck over to you <laughs> uh yeah so the uh the impetus for this discussion i mean i mean also, the fact that we seemingly have these uh, pop up once every couple of weeks was uh, the announcement that uh, there's like a big structural shift in, in the uh, leadership of the Battlefield franchise because the Battlefield 2042 launched and, and folks weren't happy with it. And then we're getting like Santa skins and people aren't happy about that. But uh, uh, shakeup of leadership, the uh, uh, Vince Ampella, the head of Respawn, is going to be overseeing all of Battlefield. But among other things, they said that they are going to focus on creating a battlefield shared universe and an interconnected universe which i feel like in a game like battlefield is just like isn't that just human history isn't that like human history is a shared universe like <laughs> yeah well you shared... make a world war one game and a world war two game and shared universe of the slightly weirdly omitted version of world war one and two with yeah. slightly more diversity than is realistic yeah, yeah. See, a shared a shared universe is for everybody. I feel like if you if all the protagonists of every Battlefield game got together in a big crossover, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the fuckers apart. I'm assuming no, most of them not. most of them grizzled white soldier man. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we decided to take a look at uh, there's there's been a surprisingly long history of of attempts at shared universe in games. Some that were sort of. Uh, handled with a softer touch and worked a little bit better and then other ones uh that are just uh, sort of egregious and seemingly money chasing after the success of the mcu well i i guess before we go on we should uh, get our definitions straight what do you mean precisely true. by shared universe because i feel like you could count a lot of things smash brothers yeah. is that a shared universe See, that's a strange thing. So you have things like Smash Brothers or like Marvel versus Capcom, where like mm. the whole impetus of the thing is worlds colliding. Yeah, crossovers. Um, and yeah, crossovers. And uh, you even see some of that with like uh, Mortal Kombat has guest characters all the time, where you have horror movie icons and everything. There's downloadable yeah. characters. Everyone's um, trying to do the um, PlayStation All Stars thing at the moment. We got that Nickelodeon thing. We got that. Yep, yep. The Warner Brothers yeah. one that's coming out. Yeah, multi big news multiverses uh, the 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 big news was the new character announced garfield so yeah, um, I, saw that. I know there's a lot, a lot of kids love garfield so that that shitty orange cat is back 
in yeah. video game form. Well, when I think of Garfield, I don't usually think MMA, but... Uh... No. <laughs> Beating the shit out of Arya Stark. I'm not even sure yeah. if he was announced for the Nickelodeon <laughs> one or the Warner Brothers one. Arya, it doesn't really matter. Arya Stark, wolves, dire wolves, cats. <laughs> I, I can sort of hey. see the connection there. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that all connects. So um, I presume I, Battlefield I, I, isn't making a, a, a crossover fighting game, though. No, no, they are not. I, I believe uh, what they're trying to do is, um, I guess, the... the, the easiest thing to point to is what Disney's doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> is you have uh, separate uh, games, products, movies, stories that all have some sort of link to each other. So it's less like Fortnite that is like a vacuum cleaner for yeah. whatever is popular in, in pop culture and more of we're going to create all of these things but try to weave in bridges between them so that you feel the need to watch and play everything in order to understand what's going on. Right. So it's the shared universe in the original sense of like comic book publishers. Yeah, That's exactly. That exactly. Marvel brought to the world of film. All mm -hmm. the, all the no, exactly. comic books take place in the same uh, shared universe. And yeah. uh, occasionally they cross over for so that the two... So I guess the idea is that each individual property has its own like fan base, and uh, by doing this, you can sort of feed into each of those fan bases and let them feed them into each other. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of when like uh, YouTubers have crossovers with each other, so that their fan bases can sort of intermingle, and, and you take some of my fans, and I take some of yours, that kind of thing. Um, sort of, but. In when, the art yeah. form, which is yeah. When they say shared universes now, what they're usually talking about is um, it's not pre-existing characters or pre-existing uh, fan bases being brought together. They're going to they're talking about things they are going to create and then cross mm -hmm. them over. They, they yeah. can, each one's going <laughs> to attract the fans, and then all the fans will will all be invested in the big crossover at the end of it all. And the mistake yeah. it's a mistake that's been made time and time again because you can't guarantee that people will be invested in the shared universe before you even bring out the first one. No, absolutely. The, the biggest folly in all these things is putting the, uh, the carp before the horse. It's, uh, it's, it's trying to replicate what, what Disney has with the MCU without understanding that, well, they just started with a single movie. They took a yeah. relatively unpopular or unknown character in the grand scheme of things in Iron Man and, and made a single movie, and it was a last-second addition to add a little stinger at the end with Samuel Jackson coming out and you know talking about the Avengers initiative. So... Yeah. Um, you know, it was all built on a, on a well-made movie. Like, you needed that sort of foundation before you could start anything else. Well, quite. Iron Man was a big uh, lightning strike that mm -hmm. set off a great big blaze. Yeah, it had absolutely. All, it had all the right ingredients. It was, it was a good film. It had a very strong mm -hmm. central performance. Mm -hmm. I think the problem yeah. is that what people took away from it was that Marvel are doing a shared universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, because other people wanted to get a slice of that pie, they immediately said, oh, we're going to do a shared universe as well. If yeah. You, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And and you saw that with so many, you know, you saw that with DC trying to do that and still trying to do that with their cinematic universe. And then you've had a weird ones like Activision announced the Call of Duty cinematic universe several years ago. And we've yet to see a single movie and again i don't know what that would wouldn't that just be like you're gonna make a world war ii movie and then like a, a modern warfare movie and maybe like someone's grandpa would would that be feels, a character yeah. from that original movie well that feels weird 
because, of course, yeah. the movies have kind of already passed this. Movies watched the Dark Universe thing sputter and die in hideous <laughs> agony. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Dark Universe, which is what our, our art was for this episode. I think a lot of folks are looking at it like, what the hell is well, that? Already, that's understandable. How soon yeah. they forget in today's <laughs> world of uh, new big thing around every corner. Yeah, 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 that was the Mummy. Remember that the Mummy, the mummy yep. with Tom Cruise and Tom mm -hmm. Cruise and a bunch of Hollywood A-listers were going to carry a big crossover universe of the Universal uh, monster movies. It wasn't even the first thing they tried. It wasn't even the first time they tried that because they tried that with Van Helsing, didn't they? They did. They, they yeah, brought together yeah. all the Universal monsters into one yeah. franchise. But this dark universe, they went as far as they had, like, a, they, they did a bunch of casting and they had, like, a famous, or they had, like, all the actors in a publicity photo. And it was, yeah. like, Tom Cruise is the mummy man. And then I think uh, uh, Russell Crowe was going to be Jekyll and Hyde. And Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. And I think when you, uh, when you say to an audience, look at all this shit that you're going to love, we're going to draw you in like cows to the trough, pay up suckers. You sort yeah. of create this automatic um, l uh, bad will immediately. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And no, and the uh, executives never seem to be aware of that. No, uh, you create absolutely. a situation where people kind of want it to fail. And it's, I, I think maybe that's just me being cynical. No, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think almost the. Uh, this the thing Marvel has going for it is like it's like a sleight of hand trick to where they've uh, tr not tricked the audiences, but they've uh, they they've conditioned the audiences to a point where they want they like they want the universe like mm. they they aren't being fed they are demanding the food and so like Marvel doesn't even have to do the work anymore people just want you know they want their TV show to connect with their movies to connect with their cartoons and it just seems like they've created a little yeah a little flytrap. Yeah, this all reminds me of is the trend for announcing MMOs from, uh, when would this have been? Mm -hmm. Maybe like um, the 2000s, maybe reaching into the 2010s. When yeah, World of, you... everyone was seeing how successful World of Warcraft was, and for a while everyone was announcing MMOs. They were going to do a mm -hmm. Star Trek MMO and a Star Wars MMO and a Stargate yep. MMO. And mm -hmm. a lot, some of those came out and some of them have gained a sort of niche audience. A lot of them fell completely flat and failed. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you had Lord of the Rings, you had Conan, like it was yeah. just like any any big property they could get their hands on. I don't know if Conan's a big property, but almost weird. It feels weird how casually they just announced they're going to make something that that is huge. An MMO is a huge thing to make. A shared universe is a huge thing to make. Yeah. Well, they even had some of those that uh, they announced that Defiance that was going to be a, a an MMO plus like a sci-fi TV show, like sci-fi the network. Multimedia franchises never work. It's been tried and yeah. it never works. <laughs> Absolutely, it's 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 like wild that that they yeah. thought something like that would work for the simple explanation that the audience for that is only going to be the overlap of the Venn diagram mm -hmm. of people who like the one kind of media and people who like the other kind of media. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, uh, it, again, it just seems like someone looked at the success of something and said, well, let's get there without doing laying all the groundwork that they had to do in order to get there in the first place. So, like, mm. let's just create the thing before people even want the thing, which seems strange to me. I feel like the better approach is just to sort of never actually come flat out and say that all your works are in a shared universe, but just leave it open that they could be. That's yeah. What, that's what I do. 
Yeah. All there my, you go. All my books casually referenced my other books. I didn't call that a it's, shared universe. No. So I feel like it's those little, like, you know, we're, we're both pretty negative on the, on the idea of this, like, uh, sort of cynical shared universe that people are trying to create. But there's a lot of things I love that have put in those little breadcrumbs, and it doesn't impact the the story and plot heavily it doesn't feel like you required to do your homework before you start something but like i don't know like portal and half-life like the, mm. the 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 black mesa versus aperture science sort of like there's like a background feud between these two companies and in portal 2 you, yeah. you see the, the borealis the ship that's referenced in half-life 2 so that was, that was weird that was a weird corner to write themselves into because um mm -hmm. i don't think you could really cross over portal and half-life like actively because there's such vastly different tones between those two works yeah i completely agree and one is uh it, it also even seems like the, I don't know, you, you're almost getting to a point where it just feels like different modes of a similar thing. So yeah. in the same way that like Call of Duty has a campaign and a big battle royale and a zombies mode, like it just seems like they'd be different shades of the same world. I feel like they were, ref they were trying to like reference the zombie mode in the end of the Call of Duty Vanguard campaign. Yeah, yeah. With what... Yeah, there's a bit at the end where they find a load of like classified Nazi files, and one of them mentions mm -hmm. something related to the zombie campaign. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I guess that's another like I don't know. That's a way you can like sort of dovetail different stories in and and say like, hey, maybe if this person liked the original thing, they might sort of get outside their comfort zone and try the new thing. I think it's a. It's, I think people appreciate references to things they know. It's fun yeah. for like people who are invested in the larger. Uh, yeah fan based stuff you know i almost yeah uh, this is sort of a tangent but i almost hesitate to call smash brothers a crossover event mm -hmm. it's more like just references it's just a thing that references all the characters without really having any kind of engagement between them if you see what i mean yeah you, I mean, yeah it's not worried about tying the stories in like oh how did link get out of hyrule and meet up with solid yeah, snake yeah. who met up with ryu yeah how's this for a great analogy um a lot of people consider freddy versus jason the 11th jason movie no one would okay. consider smash brothers the however many <laughs> zelda game zelda game or, or mario yeah yeah no absolutely yeah, that's a that's a perfect point. Yeah, I mean, Smash Brothers was even built even like the the core framework, like the opening cinematic is is mm. sort of toys coming to life. So it just always felt like you know if you had a if you had a box of toys under your bed and it was just a bunch of random stuff. Like I grew up and I had a Batman toy and a GI Joe and an X Men toy and whatever. And I don't know, I could just pull them all out and have them all fight each other, and I wouldn't really care. Yeah, that's what Smash Brothers is. It's smash the toys together. That's why it always, genius, it always yeah. gets so much coverage. It's just... People piss. love smashing the toys. It's just pissing about with the toys. It doesn't add anything. It's not like a great addition to the Zelda franchise or whatever. In Breath of the Wild is a great game, but I mean, I made all oh, these points in my yeah. Smash Brothers Ultimate review, but Smash yeah. Brothers doesn't add anything to it. So I resent everyone saying, oh, you should cover Smash Brothers. Because I, yeah, it, I, I don't feel it has any artistic value. So... One thing I think Smash Brothers, I, I do like Smash Brothers, and one thing I think it has going for it is 
Um, unlike those sort of the cynical, like the Garfield uh, uh, announcement that we got this morning that we we're making fun of, uh, it seems like whenever they introduce a character into that game, the the team takes great strides in order to take how that character plays and feels in whatever their game happens to be and bring that into a world and sort of sand off the edges enough to where it fits in with the rest of what's going on. So yeah. when you play as a new character, like when they introduce Sora, it feels like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. It doesn't just feel like they took a Sora skin and slapped them on a framework that might work inside of Smash Brothers. It does slightly weird me out that Bayonetta has normal human proportions in Smash <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> you really can't sexualize it too much. Well, you know quite. <laughs> you don't want the kids to get too horned up while playing Smash Brothers online. Well, I don't see how you could. All the characters <laughs> are so tiny wony and covered in particle effects. Uh, yeah, you were talking earlier, too, about the sort of really small, like, nods and breadcrumbs and Easter eggs. And mm. I, I think, uh, like, Rockstar's done that in their games. They have, uh, you know, I think the GTA games have some nods to, like, Red Dead and Manhunt yeah, to where, G yeah, like, you'll reference the cities. and Yeah, and GTA Five, it like, a mm -hmm. very, like, blink-and-you-miss-it references. Nico Bellic from GTA Four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, is it in four you race Claude? Like, the or in one of the games, you race the silent protagonist yeah, from San, three. San Andreas. Yeah. In San Andreas, in San Andreas you yeah. meet uh, Claude from GTA 3. Yeah, in, yeah. In other companies, uh, the evil megacorporation in the Red Faction games is referenced by the Saints Row games, because they're both by Volition. Volition, interesting. I didn't know about that one. Uh, yeah, and uh, those are fun. Those are fun references. Uh, the thing about this shared universe is that it's sort of taking all those like fun references that people appreciate when they when they're surprised by them, and just <laughs> pushing them straight into their face, and saying, "Here's the crossover. Now this is a this is a franchise. Now you are all invested." Exactly, exactly. And any any one of those games can be played on their own if you've never felt like, oh man, in order to stand, understand San Andreas, I have to play GTA 3 to understand who this weird dude with green pants was in this mm. race. Like, there's no, I don't know, there's no need that, like, uh, the Team Eco did that with Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, where mm. at the end of Shadow of the Colossus, it's kind of, I guess, spoilers for a 20-year-old game, it's kind of inferred that your the, uh, the character is reborn as the horned boy from the beginning of Eco. Mm. And so... Uh, it's it's a neat not and I think that's even like the secret ending of the game so that's like a uh, a sort of a treat for like hardcore fans yeah um well, that's but, what they want us all to be now isn't it they want us all to be the hardcore fans and that's, yeah. that's how the corporate mind works they say look at all the money Marvel gets from all those hardcore fans let's make hardcore fans do it middle management and then it's left up to middle management and then everything goes to shit yeah, and it's uh, yeah. I guess the, they want people to to take these things and make it part of their identity in the same way that you have you have folks online who get all riled up over a, a, the new Marvel yeah. or DC movie and argue about people on the other side like their sports teams, which is all just very very strange to me. That's how they get you. But it never that works. Is absolutely how they get you. All they see is the money. They say, "Yeah, me us wanty the money too." <laughs> So we'll do the same I, thing. And Multiverses is going to fall on its face. Yeah, absolutely.
Uh, I think one uh, one example and you mentioned earlier of, of of cross media never working, and I think one example that seems to be working. Granted, I haven't played the games or watched it, but I know the the show is universally beloved. But the Arcane on Netflix, which is the like League of Legends animated show. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I've, yeah, I've watched any of that because I don't yep. give a shit about mobas. It's absolutely the same. Uh, Casey doesn't, though, and Casey watched the show and he said it was delightful. And so that seems to be the general consensus is you can watch the show with zero knowledge of League of Legends and and enjoy it. It's like a, a it's a good show first and then a League of Legends thing second, which what? is kind of like the order that needs to go in. Well, that's interesting. I was always really invested in the Team Fortress 2 universe. I liked all those <laughs> characters and stuff. Long after I stopped playing the game, I was still invested in that. I was like, like occasionally going back to see if any comics had come out, or just uh, I just like like going through the wiki pages and listening to all the like the voice lines they get in like the highly specific scenarios in the game. Where, did they ever make like other media? Did they make like books made, or comic books or anything? Basically? They made short films. They made the Meet the Team videos, and they made one like crossover short film called Expiration Date. Mm. And that's the only one they made. But Interesting. You know, everyone loved it. It was like yeah. it had meme appeal. They just yeah. never made another one. And it seems like that, like especially back when like Team Fortress was really sort of at its pinnacle, before it had a lot of uh, you know sort of competitors on the market. It feels like they could have released a movie at that point, and and I think it probably would have done relatively well. And and given Valve's writers, it probably could have been pretty good as well. Well, I don't know if at least you could have released a mainstream movie. It have to take a long, probably take a while to explain why all these characters, uh, her name is their job. That is true. Just I the guess. dude, well, the dude like, who's a spy whose only name is Spy. Wasn't that how, like, uh, you know, like old European names like Baker and Shoemaker, like those were, wasn't your name just your job? Isn't that well, how they did it back then? I guess the problem with that is that you'd have to pick one of them to be a protagonist. And Team Fortress always has that fighting game thing where it's mm. designed so that every character could be the protagonist if you like them the most. Okay, so what you're saying is they need to make uh, like eight different movies. A shared universe, if you will. There you go, bring it back around. <laughs> they should make a shared universe TF2 movie, which, which they kind of did just with short films. That is true. If you're saying this sort of had a, like a meet the team kind of thing with each one. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, those are good. Yeah. And uh, again, it's, it, it seems like it's like a thing where they already made the game and then the, the, the fans were already there and then they're like, okay, let's give them a little bit more. Whereas mm. like a couple of years ago, Hasbro announced that they're doing a Hasbro cinematic universe, which again, like it's very possible these things never come out, but they said like they want to make a, a, a G.I. Joe movie that that interacts with a Transformers movie, that interacts with a Micronauts movie and a Mask movie. And I'm like, like literally, who the hell is this for? Like, <laughs> what what audience possibly exists that is like, oh, yes, this is what I want in life? Because, yeah, I mean, the other thing is that if you look at the Marvel movies and TF2 as well, all those characters are very well established, larger than live. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, They've all got like very distinct personalities, mm -hmm. and uh, it's fun to watch them like have chemistry with each other. And uh, I guess that's what you want. You want to yeah. see you want to see what happens when snarky ass Tony Stark gets together with by the books naughty ass Captain America. Exactly. You exactly. See, it's like you want to see the sparks fly, and that's you. You can't really just conjure that from whole cloth. 
No, no. And also, can you take, like, those characters had, like you mentioned, established characters and history from, you know, decades of comic books, whereas, I don't know, that these cartoons and toys in the, like, in the 80s, they were making these cartoons solely to sell the merchandise. Like, He-Man yeah. was made as a vessel to sell all the toys to kids. And so, I don't know, is there, like, granted there's a He-Man show now that's apparently people enjoy, like, the He-Man cartoon that's on Netflix, so, I don't know. I feel like I'm just getting more and more deflated <laughs> as I talk about this. Sort of a tangent, but TF2 always did what I appreciate about fighting games, is that um, they're very strong characterization exercises because because uh, almost because they don't really have like connecting plots. They have to uh -huh. establish their characters just by like face value alone. Just yeah, by the way yeah. they look, the way they move, the way they talk. It, I think it's a great exercise in building a character from just like surface values. That's why I've always. Yeah, it feels. Why I don't really like playing fighting games, but I've always appreciated them on that level. Yeah, I feel like a good a good roster, whether it's in a you know a fighting game or Team Fortress or even like Overwatch. It's um, it has sort of that same instant understanding that when you like look at like a Pixar character, mm. you can kind of glean a lot from that character just by looking at the design and, and, you know, their posture and everything and facial expressions. And, you know, you, you don't need the backstory in order to know what sort of a person like the, the crotchety old man from up is, or Mr. Incredible or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last couple, there was, uh, there's also like, I feel like you get a pass, not even a pass, but just like if you're a singular creator and you want to, you know, heavily reference your own work and your work, I feel like that's fine. Like that doesn't give me the sort of the the same bad taste in my mouth. Like uh, Yoko Taro's work, the guy mm -hmm. who did uh, the Drakengard series and Near and Near Automata, um, you know, those Stephen games. Stephen all... King left to mind. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like when he creates the Castle Rock or, you know, keeps coming back to what was going on in Derry. If it's a, a singular creator, obviously a lot of folks make games, but uh, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't ring like a, a, a corporate overlord was trying to be like, well, how can we make more money? Well, maybe you connect these two things and people will want to do both of them. No, I feel like, well, speaking as someone who references his own works a lot in his works, I do it because I kind of get a kick out of it. And mm -hmm. I kind of get a kick out of the thought of, you know, people like my work enough to recognize the reference. It's an, I guess you could call it an ego thing. But at least, yeah. at least that implies, you know, passion. It's Absolutely. When, I mean, corporate, uh, corporations doing it are by their very nature dispassionate. Mm -hmm. Because there's no, like, single artist uh, trying to realize yeah. their personal vision. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you're not doing it to, you're not doing it in hopes that you're going to sell more. No. You know, it's not like you're trying to create a, a a web to ensnare people in that will ultimately get them only buying your stuff. It's, yeah. you know, you're, kind of, you're doing it for yourself and for the audience. I'm kind of hesitant to come flat out and uh, say that such and such character is also such and such character from other work. Because I'm always afraid people will like start thinking that they need to have seen all my works to understand the new ones. Yeah, and, and, and like that... they should stand alone. Like, um, I made a bunch of adventure games uh, back in the day uh, with uh, a character called Trilby, who was a cat burglar, who became a paranormal detective. 
And then I made another game l- later on that had a slightly different tone and gameplay style called The Consuming Shadow that had a character in it that I heavily implied was Trilby, but I never, I didn't want to come uh-huh. out and admit it, you know, because I, yeah. I, I, was, I was afraid people would read too much into that. I, I was just trying to have a bit of fun. Yeah, and I, I, I do feel like if you would be super explicit with it, then folks might feel like they have to do their homework. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, can I can I play this game before I, if I haven't played the other ones? And that's how it feels like when a, a new movie's coming out and you're like, I don't know, like the MCU, if you wanted to jump in now and understand everything, it's like, do, I, do you really want to spend like 100 hours watching these movies and TV shows and everything to, to get caught up? Well, as I said, uh, the Marvel movies are basically bringing what Marvel found success in in the comic book world Uh to the world of movies and i've never liked superhero comics because i because of all that stuff because of all that yeah you can't really jump in without decades and decades of background and i'm feeling the same way about marvel movies now i don't yeah i haven't watched any in a long time and i don't really feel like i want to at this point because they're all building off so much i wasn't involved in it's no absolutely they're weaponizing that old fear of missing out is what they're doing yeah yeah it is it is truly weaponized FOMO and it's uh There you go. You know, that's that's the difference. That's what that's the cynicism of these shared universe announcements. It's not because they're trying to create some like this rich interconnected universe, it's because they want to lock you in. They wanna say, if you start yeah. watching this, you're locked in and gotta watch the rest of it, or you won't yep. get the payoff. Yeah. It almost seems like a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, whereas like when like Square did that back in the, the ps1 and ps2 era with like uh they set uh vagrant story final fantasy tactics and final fantasy 12 in uh, a shared world called evilise but there was nothing there was like very minimal connections between them yeah uh, i had, I had so, no idea those were connected until you mentioned it right now yeah yeah so there was no you know it wasn't like a, a thing of like well shit how do i jump in here without you know starting at the beginning yeah i feel the same way whenever i play a warhammer game like, yeah, there's, there's, there's just 40,000 of those. Yeah, there's all these yeah. references just going straight over my head. Mm-hmm. And, I feel, and I, yeah, feel, I feel intimidated by that. I feel left out. It's easy to see how FOMO became a thing. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And that's why you, I think you see so many uh, franchises trying to do kind of like soft reboots. Um, to Because I think, you know, even the, the, the greediest people realize that there is that, you know, true aversion that comes with something yeah. that has that feels too too monumental to climb and so it's like oh well we're gonna you know reboot this series and the new one's just gonna be called metal gear and yeah, you don't have to worry to, uh, about the hundreds of hours of baggage beforehand because they used to do like this is the occasional reboot back in comic book world but they just mm-hmm. literally completely reboot everything but uh, yeah i think i think they found that alienated the fans so now that there's the soft reboot technically a sequel but it's actually a reboot so mm-hmm. you can have the best of both worlds in theory. Yeah. Yeah. Nick brings up a good point in the chat too, is that part of that FOMO and weaponizing uh, uh, pertains to social media as well. Cause people feel like they need to stay up to date or they're going to be spoiled on, mm. you know, whatever happens this week in, in Hawkeye and you don't want to know the character reveals. So you gotta, you gotta be up to date and you gotta stay up at midnight and you gotta watch the show. And it's just, it seems like a lot. It's just there's a lot of stuff going on there. That, gets diluted when there's too much stuff to watch 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to I'm just going to go on a limb here and say your life probably won't collapse into ruins if someone spoils the Hawkeye finale for you. I feel like we could all move on with our lives. Uh, I bet he's going to shoot some arrows. That's what I bet that man's going to do. Well, maybe, Love shooting maybe arrows. he won't. Maybe that's the twist. Uh, maybe uh, arrows will shoot him. Uh, that would be kind of amazing, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that like a, a big, a big bow and arrow. There's that one like big uh, arrow, bow and arrow, in the embarked arrow in San Francisco. That could shoot him. That could totally work. There you go. One, one thing I don't like about these soft reboots is when they reboot something and they just title it the same thing and either add the word the or take the word the away. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, or like there's several Halloweens, like there's several yes. Halloween ones. Differentiate what's happening here? while maintaining the name recognition. Yeah. No, yeah. One, no one thinks about how hard it is to Google stuff. Exactly. Or like yeah. trying to catalog gaming history. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh. Uh, like, I was reading about the Golden Joystick Ultimate Game of All Time Award, which is, uh, you know, a topic in itself. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at their list of nominees, and one of them was Doom. And okay. immediately the problem arose, because I was like, well, which Doom? Yeah. Which Doom best is best qualified for Ultimate Game of All Time? Because that's... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could genuinely debate that. Yeah, whenever I uh, Doom, God of War, whenever I talk about those games, you have to differentiate. Like, are you talking about yeah. you know, Doom 2016? Are you yeah. talking about God of War 2018? Or are that's you talking what, about the original PS2 one? That's what you usually do. You just stick the year on the end, like with yeah. Prince of Persia 2008 and all the rest of yeah. it. And then Battlefield 2042 comes out and confuses everything again. Sorry, <laughs> we have Battlefield 5 and a Battlefield 1, so every, everything's yeah. fine. Battlefield yeah. 1 that came out after Battlefield <laughs> the, 4. The, the 10th Battlefield, yeah. <sighs> Shall we move on to Super Chats? Oh, that sounds lovely. I, I saw think, quite a few came in earlier. I think we've uh, griped enough. Mm-hmm. Now we can let them gripe. You can all gripe with us. Uh, where am I? Here we go. Channel monetization. Yeah. Get the Supers out. Yeah, and so remember, get your super chats in if you want us, if you have any comments you want us to read, little tangents you want us to go on. It could be about shared universes, not about shared universes. Yeah, can literally be how excited you, you are for the Keeleys on Thursday, the Keeley Awards. You have us read out some like embarrassing personal statement if you want. We are oh literally whores for cash. <laughs> uh ck in terabang gives two dollars to say i'm moving so i can't spend much thank y'all smiley face well i hope you settle in well yeah absolutely listen any anything helps so your two dollars is much appreciated ck sure it might even shame other people into giving more money Andrew Higginbottom gives five British pounds to say Battlefield shared with Farm Sim and House Flipper. After battle, plough the corpses of players into the earth, then clean and fix up bullet-ridden homes. Well, it sounds like you need to play Viscera cleanup detail. I was about to say <laughs> that sounds right? exactly like that was. Yeah, that doesn't. That sounds like a nice. Th- I, I feel like I'd play that, having to like clean up clean up a battlefield afterwards. Yeah, that sounds neat. Well, you know, again. It'd be hard to find an audience, considering the Venn diagram thing. Yeah. People who lo- both like the shooting and the cleaning. And that could, when I say it's neat, that could fall into that genre of games where I think the concept is neat and I play it for five minutes and I'm like, all right, I got the concept. I'm done. Yeah. I don't need yeah. any more of this. Yeah. 
Holly Howlett gives five British pounds to say, Hey, Yatsi, would you be able to wish my girlfriend Holly an amazing 21st birthday? Hope this makes up for not being able to see you on your birthday. Um, okay. Well, what I want to take from that is that Ollie is going out with someone called Holly, which has got to be excruciating whenever they get together in social settings. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like, that's, oh, look, that has to be true love, otherwise you just yeah. wouldn't do it. Oh, look, everyone, it's Holly and Ollie. <laughs> I mean, what oh, would be, you I say mean, what it would, like that. I mean, what would be their Brangelina-style portmanteau name if they were gossip mag celebrities? It wouldn't work, would it? So it, you would don't, just, it would just be Holly. It would you just don't, be Holly. You be don't terrible. think about this sort of thing, do you? You just don't <laughs> think. Well, this is why Ollie missed Holly's birthday. So There you go. I guess you yeah. can go by Holliver. Holliver? Holliver. <laughs> Backpack gave us five US dollars to say, I just got here. Could I get a quick summary of everything? No, you can't, Backpack, but thanks for the money. Yeah. Ollie Howlett comes back for more. Gives five British pounds to say, and if you must have a question, do you think that if Iron Man had never happened, we would still have shared universes? The Matrix was trying it years ago. Well, as we say, it was certainly the bolt of lightning that lit the fire. Mm -hmm. But as for if it would be a thing now, well, I guess we'll never know, will we? No, no. Yeah, and the Matrix, they they handled cross-media stuff. They had the Animatrix, which were those, like, short, you know, mm. uh, anime movies. And then uh, they tried to continue the story with the Matrix Online, which I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's still... I think technically that's still considered canon, though, which is weird because we got a new Matrix movie coming out, and Morpheus isn't in it, and the reason is because he died in the Matrix Online. So <laughs> I don't know how you're going to... How do you explain that to audiences? Oh, quite. Isn't it true no. that the uh, um, the Star Trek television post Deep Space Nine canon has been continued in Star Trek Online? Is it? That's so, really interesting. So true. I understand. Yeah. Well, look at that. I guess that's like well, uh, one of those core examples of like finding your audience and giving them exactly what they want, as opposed to creating something and hopefully yeah. the audience will come there. Well, I guess the TV shows are never going to do it. Yeah. But you know that run the risks of what happened to star wars maybe like the big knobs will come back to it after 20 years and then chuck all the expanded universe stuff straight <laughs> in the bin exactly uh da, 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 da. jack h gives 10 us dollars to say hey Yati, thanks for all the laughs over the years hope you have great holidays here's some money thank you very much jack h money you're Money's welcome great. for all the laughs that guy, you know, gives five US dollars to say, say what you will about the MCU's many flaws. It's the only cinematic universe to have actually succeeded and not desperately flail around. Yeah, I mean, from a purely mo a monetary standpoint, I don't think anyone can say anything against the MCU. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of creative uh, uh, questions you could have about it and what it's doing to the rest of the movie industry. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a monumental success. I, don't, I think it's yeah. unparalleled when it comes to movies. Exactly. As I say, it is yeah. to shared universes what World of Warcraft was to MMOs back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Luster gives five euros to say, finally caught you live. I've been following ZP and your books since the start. Thanks for all the entertainment, Yahtzee. You're welcome, Lester. Don't forget Marty's here as well. He'd probably like some thanks too. What about all the... All, you haven't read all of my books. But do you have Dune? Any? I wrote that one. Did Dune? You? Have you ever read Dune? Ooh, we must be quids in yeah. now. <laughs> that was probably a nice little learner for you. <laughs> uh, scavenger gives 10 years dollars to say shared universes aren't new. 
Universal had a Monsters one from the 30s to the 50s, not including Abbott mm -hmm. and Costello. Hasbro had one in the 80s with G.I. Joe, Gem, Transformers, Inhumanoids, and Cops. And who remembers that now? One person named Scavenger, <laughs> that's who. Yeah, I remember the old, uh, the, the Universal Monster movies, and you'd have them, like, you'd have the, the, the Mummy and the, the Wolfman team up to fight Frankenstein, I guess, which they have, seems strange, they but... Did they actually I think so, that? yeah. I think they eventually did, yeah. I'm and gonna... I guess in the 80s, all those toys were... You know what? Sure. I actually liked the Van Helsing movie. The the, the one with Hugh Jackman? With, yeah. Like Wolver Wolverine? Yeah, I, li well, I liked it. It was dumb, operatic fun. And it's always a pleasure to see Richard Roxburgh chewing the scenery. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, Raymond Cristianto gives five British pounds to say Sanderson books are in the same universe, but each series, e.g. Mistborn, Stormlight, are standalone, so most people only need to read the series. Ah, piss off, you big fantasy nerd. <laughs> you were so happy when they were saying they read your books, and then as soon as they mentioned someone else, it's right into the bin. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in this business to flog other people's books. I got a new one coming out this week. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pay for the baby diapers, baby. <laughs> yeah, don't read anyone else's books. Just read mine. Yeah. You, uh, you have a new one coming out this week? Yeah, yeah. It's That's called very exciting. Existentially Challenged. It's the sequel to Differently Morphous, and it's coming out on the 9th in two days. That's so soon. As an Audible original, of course. So it's only audiobook at first. We'll get a well, print version will be out, published by Dark Horse sometime next year. That's what you were you were recording the VO for that, right? Uh, yeah, last, uh, a month month or two ago. Yeah, I was recording that a while back. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all ready to go, and I hope you'll like it. Look at that. Uh, Trilby, relevantly, gives four ninety nine <laughs> US dollars to say the company mindset: if they make money from it, we should be able to make money from it. Yes, that's what we said. Yeah. Thanks for your oh, agreement, sorry. Trilby. Pup Shepherd gives five US dollars to say wags wags arf arf licks. I see you got a sort of thing going there, Pub Shepherd. I've been watching ZP since twenty eleven and is one of the only reason I go to the escapist. You're amazing, Yahtzee. Well it's slightly backhanded compliment, but thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I was about to say but if they've been watching for ten years and they're a pup shepherd, in theory they've been watching for forty that's forty years in the human years. Oh well there so you that's, go. that's quite a long time. Watch the other stuff in the escapers. There's tons of good shit. Or just keep giving the money and don't watch it. That's watch Adventure is Nigh, because well. I'm on that. And it'll, that that's also that'll, you. That'll, that'll wean you off me, and then you can watch everyone and, else's stuff. And then maybe that starts a little bit of a shared universe thing where you're like, oh, who's this Jack guy? I want to see what he's up to. Hey. Who's this Casey guy? Hey, we figured it out. Adventure is <laughs> Nigh is the escapist shared universe thing. <laughs> Threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> Scavenger gives $10 to say, I don't mind a shared universe that lets you explore different parts of a universe. I like that Street Fighter, Final Fight, Rival Schools, and Saturday Night Slam Masters all exist in the same universe. Uh, what? Wait. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Is that true? I, I didn't know that. I can believe it. I also didn't, uh, those first three things I know, and Saturday Night Slam Masters, that doesn't sound real. I don't know I've, what that is. but I, I don't know what Rival Schools or Saturday Night Slam Masters is. Uh, Rival Schools, like, it was like a, Wee, uh, like a weeb version of Street Fighter. With, okay. like, uh, school children fighting each other. Okay. It's like, maybe it's like Persona. Maybe you'd like it. Well, it's not the fact that it's about school kids that makes me like Persona. <laughs>
In fact, I might appreciate it if they were all aged up a bit so I could feel less guilty about ogling the titties. <laughs> well, fingers crossed Persona 6 fixes it. Oh, they never will. That's Japanese media for you. Once you're in college, you're, you're too old. Top liver. You're, you're Christmas cake, as I believe is the term. That guy, you know, gives $2 to say Team Fortress 2 ensemble action comedy. You know, that make, that's, that just reminded me that someone well, I did a gag. I think it was on a George Ruckel Schmidt uh, video about um, that Predator movie where there's a bunch of, there's an ensemble movie about a bunch of characters on a, a Predator world. And he was referring to that uh -huh. as Team Fortress, the movie. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much works out. Yeah. I guess it's, it could do a sort of Expendables thing. But instead, yeah. of, instead of the Expendables thing where every character is the same character, it could be TF2, where they're all different characters. Do you think the Expendables would have worked better if it just would have, instead of uh, bringing in the, the famous action stars, they would have also been just reprising their characters, like their most famous characters? So like Bruce Willis just would have been John McClane and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger just would have been whoever the hell it is who fights the Predator? Well, it would have gotten headlines yeah well at that point that's just fortnite i'm pretty sure that's just a fortnite oh, movie there you go no uh scavenger again gives ten dollars to say so is a shared universe inherently wrong silent hill is a shared universe with the sequels but the characters aren't connected the telltale walking dead game didn't make me need to see the show yeah i think we were talking hey, earlier that there's a difference yeah. between shared universe in the sense we're talking about and just mm -hmm. you know crossovers and yeah, and sequels. And yeah, sequels. like we're not. I, I don't think the Uncharted games are a shared universe. They're just a yeah, series of stories true. about a dude and, and other characters. Yeah. Yeah, we were complaining about shared universes in the corporate sense of mm -hmm. immediately announcing you're going to do one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Telltale, the, the, the Walking Dead one is interesting because that might be the most. Although, like, the. the again, the events don't. Uh, really interact with each other so like it has a very successful tv show and comic book and video game but those don't speak to each other in well, any way well it's just zombie world isn't it you could you could assume everything that's set in a zombie apocalypse is a crossover yeah, with yeah I guess, that's true that's true i like to think that any any movie about a true historical event that it's all a shared universe so like yeah, the, like yeah. J jfk and frost nixon and yeah, all of those all those movies, The Queen, King's Speech, those are all in the, the yeah. same shared universe. Yeah, yeah, that Nixon who appeared in Watchmen. The same Nixon from Frost Nixon, actually. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, it is funny that uh, when we were talking about the MCU is that Marvel seems to be avoiding that when it comes to their video games. And I think that's smart. Yeah, I, well, I like keep it, complaining every time like they bring out Marvel's Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. It's obviously you know, taking cues from the movies, obviously informed by the movies. It's mm -hmm. obviously, it's obvious that they made these games because the movies were popular. So I'm not sure why they don't just adapt the movies, but then what do I know? <laughs> but I mean, even like, so we have Insomniac working on Spider-Man 2 and a Wolverine game, and I don't imagine those are going to be connected at all. Like, it doesn't seem like those tones would really fit together. So it just seems they, like they're going to be... Didn't I hear they'd announced they were going to do like video game crossover universe? I don't know. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if they did, uh, it wouldn't be surprised me if they saw the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and tried to wedge in Insomniac Spider-Man somehow in there. I don't think how that would work. 
Well, I guess it would work how like Marvel crossover usually works. Yeah, where it's just kind of jamming two things people like together and hoping they like the the result. Trilby gives four ninety nine US dollars to say it's amazing how TF two, a game with initially no plot planned, ended up being so amazingly batshit crazy and surprisingly good. Well, as I said, I think it was largely because just because the strength of the characters, Mm -hmm. like just straight out of the gate all with unique silhouettes and larger-than-life personalities. You instantly know what they're all about. You instantly see, like, the chemistry they have with each other. And, and that was yeah, people that nat- people naturally wanted to explore. So I think it started with, like, fan works and you know, went from there. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that's it's sort of like a textbook example that people should study of, of you know, how to create a, a, a character that's just immensely and immediately, you know, expressive and understandable and and well tf2 just kind of cheap by like referencing sort of popular archetypes like you know yeah uh, the australian ochre the cooper hat wearing hunter and the um the soldiers basically what's his name from uh the Patton film Patton, like george scott yeah george scott yeah yeah so yeah, there's there's sort of um, immediate connection to real world stuff there. Like, mm-hmm. you can, so you have to bring like real world understandings to it. Like Australians are like this. Uh, yeah, Russians be like this. People from Boston be like this. Yeah, so I guess it's like it it, it requires like a no, I wouldn't even say a baseline understanding of pop culture because I feel like that's just. They trickle use, down and just become what people think of when they think of people from those places. I'd say they use archetype as a foundation and sort of build, yeah. build the characters on top of that. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, Backpack gives $5 to say, what do you think of Marvel? I'm not a huge fan, but everyone else seems like they are. As I said, I'm not really that into it. Don't really, don't really watch films generally. Never really was into superhero comics. I was into a few non-superhero comics back in the day. Generally Which because, ones stuck out to you? Well, I was a big reader of Preacher when I was a teenager. Okay. I've, I've gone off it as an adult. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of poorly written and self-righteous in retrospect. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot of that DC Vertigo stuff, the Sandman series, Timeless, mm-hmm. of course. Quite liked the uh, John Constantine stuff. Mm-hmm. Were you? Did you like The Watchmen? Watchmen? Oh, yeah. Everyone liked Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. I mean... That's why it's like the only book that ever made the only comic book that ever made like the New York Times best books in history list. Yeah, yeah. Which is really good. Don't know what to say. Don't know yeah. what to say. Don't know good what stuff. to say about yeah. it. It's wonderful. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the HBO show. Uh, I think the HBO show is incredible. Actually, it's it's. Uh, one of the most interesting ways to adapt slash make a sequel of something like I know he would never watch it, but mm. but I, I, I feel like uh, not what's what's his name? Not Dave Gibbons, but Alan Moore, who, who, Alan Moore would would genuinely enjoy Watchmen if he watched it. I know he wouldn't. And I love him for that. But mm-hmm. I think he would. Uh, Ollie Howlett comes back to give two more British pounds to say it also doesn't help that I have shit hearing. This is just a comedy of errors. Ollie, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> Coming back to the Holly and Ollie. I, I just saw scavenger. Scavenger below just says pour one out for Ollie. Poor Ollie. Well, I hope you have a Holly Ollie Christmas, Ollie. God damn it. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Villas gives $5 to say, Yahtzee, I was thinking about Portal earlier and how you considered it flawless. What exactly would you consider a flaw? Uh, that's a weird question. I mean, literally everything else I've ever talked about in video games is flaws. Something that, that stands out as a, a design or a story element that, that pulls you out of the experience? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's that's the like the the baseline thing. No, if it's a, if it uh, kills your immersion or it makes things frustrating rather than engaging, that would mm -hmm. be a flaw. Yeah. Do you do you feel the same way about Portal Two or just the original Portal? Um. Well, I don't consider Portal Two as flawless as Portal. I think it's about as good, but mm -hmm. there's more of it, and as such, uh, some of it falls flat. I yeah, would say I it's there's... the it's the same density of good stuff, but spread out with a bit of sawdust in between. Yeah, I think it's it's it gets much harder to to make something flawless when you start making it bigger and longer and and well, quite. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think there's uh, if if a game can be three hours or four hours long, I think you're able to create. It's not that it's easy to make something that's flawless, but uh, you, wow. you you can avoid potholes more than if you try to extend something to ten fifteen hours. Quite. That's the cheat mode, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Make a make a little game that does with really good ideas, like Return of the Obra Dinn or something. Oh, great game! Couldn't couldn't like draw that out for six more hours without sounding no, annoying. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what what Lucas Pope is working on next. Isn't didn't I hear he was making something for that weird console with the hand crank? Playdate, yeah. Uh, which which got delayed till next year, which I was sad about. Oh, yeah. I, I pre-ordered that, and I pre-ordered the, the Steam Deck, and both of them were delayed, so my handheld Christmas is ruined. Oh. But yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to, to, to uh, crank one out. I keep telling Nick I want to crank one out on stream next year, but he keeps uh, denying my requests. How soon will the Playdate have a fishing game? Within seconds, I'm it has sure. to be. It has to be one of the launch games. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick G gives $10 to say, Marty loved the takeaway, games don't need depth to be deep. Yarts excited for the differently morphous sequel this week. Also, Yarts Matrix sequel has confirmed to your renaming mold, prophecy fulfilled. Well, did you, they, did you? Well, they were doing that from the start, weren't they? Matrix reloaded, Matrix. Mm, resurrections. Reloaded. Yeah. It's always a reword. Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Sequels with and rewords sequels love rewords yeah. yeah and thank you for the the compliment about the video essay yeah everyone check out uh my latest video essay on the youtube channel about how games don't need depth to be deep the first game i cover in that is unpacking which we talked about at the beginning of the stream so there oh. you go well i should check look it at out because uh, look at that i finished unpacking the other day and yeah, it was good lovely lovely stuff not exactly uh uh deep complex gameplay experience but uh it's got depth of its own in other aspects. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. The game is also, it's on Game Pass. I can't imagine playing that game with a controller. No, no. Like, no, I think that would be so extremely frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always, I would always rather play a console game than a PC game, but holy shit, I cannot imagine playing that game with a controller. I assume they just, like, one-to-one -one mouse cursor movement with the analog stick. Yeah, but right. just, man. Because the alternative is just, like, cycle through every single space you could put something in. 
With no, and there's so many. Answer. Oh God, yeah. that's nightmarish. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. Well, <sighs> SVS Guru 2000 gives 15 euros. I love how you can stack the balls as well. So I just. <laughs> Oh, and it feels have, so nice. Yeah. Else, there's so many things they can just stack on top of each other. That's just a yeah, lovely yeah. attention to detail. Sorry, SVS Guru like, 2000. Yeah. They, it feels like they thought of everything I would have thought of, like, what would happen if I do this? Yeah. And they have a solution for it. Like you said, putting the, the, the hairdryer into the sink. You can put toothbrushes in the mug. Exactly. Put a mug next to the bathroom sink and put toothbrushes uh, in it. It's great. Uh, love it. It's perfect. SVS Guru 2000 gives 15 euros to say, just tuned in, not sure if it was already brought up, but a shared universe limits you creatively because you have to consider how your work affects other works and how yours mm -hmm. is affected by others. Well, yes, that's why I stick to just referencing others, like my own works in little mm -hmm. fun Easter eggy kind of ways. And a lot of the reason for that is because, well, we brought up Differently Morphous, which is a comedy book, but it references events from The Consuming Shadow, which is a dark Lovecraftian nihilistic horror game and the two tones don't really work <laughs> you couldn't really call I didn't really want anyone to think of the one as the sequel to the other yeah yeah I don't want to have to deal with the Venn diagram problem yeah and I think you uh like this specific example I think we've seen with the MCU like we had uh Edgar Wright, who did uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim, was initially attached to write and direct uh, the Ant-Man mm. movie. And uh, uh, slightly, just shortly before filming, he left the project because of, like, the reports came out that they were like, oh, well, you need to do X, Y, and Z in order to lay breadcrumbs for this movie and this movie and this movie. And he yeah. was like, that's not what I want to do at all. I want to make my Ant-Man movie and that's all I want to make. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's stifling. It's probably mm -hmm. why they um, bring in a lot of first-time directors for new films these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the paychecks are nice, so I don't mm -hmm. know. I'd, I'd probably just shut up and do it, so. Yeah, trouble with auteurs is you can't bully them as easily. The studios no, no. can't bully them as easily. And it helps that he had uh, so many successful movies that he kind of has carte blanche to make, you know, yeah. whatever he wants. <clears throat> jerk wad jerk squad gives five us dollars to say old godzilla movies were my favorite shared universe i wonder did those movies have shared human characters or was it just like the the monsters i have no idea i've never really watched yeah. that stuff yeah I've, I've seen a bunch of them well and i know like they're trying to with the new godzilla movies i guess it's, yeah well, it is a shared universe because yes. then they made a king kong movie and then they made a movie with godzilla and king oh, kong yeah. did god did the old godzillas have their equivalent of shia labeouf in transformers Ah, uh, well let's hope not <laughs> uh shia labeouf kun that's what they that's what they'd call him in japan well they wouldn't call him that because they don't really have l sounds in japanese Okay, well, shit. Shy. <laughs> you gotta go to the drawing board. You yeah. gotta get a new name. Uh, where was I? Chaos Chris gave us 20 US dollars to say, Bork Borks, sniff sniff wine, open brackets, congrats on new book, close brackets. <laughs> so you that, think that's, that has to be like a reference to the earlier guy, that right? That was Pup Shepard's gimmick. Find your that's own amazing. gimmick. That's amazing. Hey. Listen, if you donate $20, you can you can steal anyone's gimmick you want. That okay, is perfectly fine. fine. You that's, can steal my identity for $20. That's the price of a gimmick in this yeah. in today's market apparently. <laughs> Stop making me do this, Google. Gives 5 US dollars 
to say, I have no interest in the game, but Arcane League of Legends was the best series I watched this year. Maybe shared universe for bad games is the way of tomorrow. Well, there you go. Yeah, like I said about Arcane, like it's it's on my watch list. People have said it's way better than it has any right to be, and you don't need any prior knowledge. Well, that's good. Yeah, a, lot of, a, lot of that TF, a lot of the TF2 like videos and comics and stuff rely on you knowing stuff from the games. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, like you said, that's when it gets yeah. gets kind of murky. Uh, Nick G gives five dollars to say referencing TF2 names. Marty, TF2 set in medieval fiefdom timeline, so their last names are their professions, like you said. Don't put it past them. Wait, is it actually? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. I think they're just saying that, you know how we were saying it, it's weird how every character in TF2 is just their job, is their name. Oh, that's like, what, okay, The spy gotcha. is named Spy. Yeah, if it was yeah. set in the medieval fiefdom, everyone's yeah. last name would be their yeah. job. So, yeah. John John Spy, yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of gives the game away, doesn't it? It really kind of, yeah. It's, you go to a, like, <laughs> an enemy court and they go, what's your name again? John Spy? Well, yeah. Yeah. now I'm immediately suspicious of your actions. <laughs> yeah, James Bond would not be able to like sneak into casinos and, and do anything yeah. without that name. Miles Mann gives four ninety nine to say, Howdy, what's your favourite type of music? Any recommendation for albums? Merry Crimbus. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, classic rock. Especially that sort of 80s hair metal stuff. Like Motley Crue or um, Twisted Sister. Is that, why, is that why Guardians of the Galaxy has such a, a well, yes, soft that's place why, in my heart That's again. why <laughs> Kickstart My Heart is one of my favourite songs. <laughs> There you go. I just like uh, the song that makes me want to punch something. You know? That's a, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Something you can really bang your head to. Yeah, yeah. Something you really just tear down a wall to. Yeah. yeah. That or, sounds, that sounds... or drive along a twisted mountain path to. No, that sounds dangerous. But I've seen that in too many movies. They go, they go right off the edge. But it, well, what a way to go. Am I right? <laughs> just, you know. Like driving along the mountain path at 100 miles an hour, listening to Kickstart My Heart on the stereo mm -hmm. at full blast, and then Thelma and Louising right off the edge. That's I think that sounds incredible. Yeah. But go out like a legend. Who wants to die at 85 surrounded by their family? There, there you go. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated. Um. <clears throat> Where was I? Uh, Backpack gives 10 US dollars to say, if you read this far, do you consider whether or not a game's difficulty is unfair or if you're just bad at it? Where do you draw the line? Referring to like whether or not high difficulty is a flaw in the game. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I've played... I don't know. I, I like to think that we've we've been playing games and sort of dissecting them for long enough to know whether yeah like i i don't think souls games are unfair i think they're yeah. very difficult and even if i'm dying at them i think a lot of times it's it's well-designed death i i mean obviously games journalists can't play a game for long enough to absolutely master it like a, like mm -hmm. some people can like plebs mm -hmm. can but um <laughs> you know we've got enough experience going back enough time that if a game if we're not like picking up the basics of the game fast enough, then that's probably on the game. Because remember, a lot yeah. of new players are going to be even worse than us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, or if you see, like, I think uh, Nick was uh, talking about, he played through Kina Bridge of Spirits recently and how 
uh, uh, there's a couple just really heinous difficulty spikes in that game at, at specific encounters. Yeah. And that is less of a, you're bad at the game and more of like, ooh, this isn't fine-tuned at all. Like, the, the game should have a nice sort of cresting to its difficulty, not just random EKG spikes. A curve, if you will. A difficulty curve. curve. Interesting. You just coined a term, didn't you? No. It's <laughs> a really old term there. I don't even know who coined that. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's just like ludonarrative dissonance, but but from 1960. Ludonarrative dissonance. <laughs> you and your $10 words. We all know Ludo's Latin. We all know Ludo's Latin for play. Just say gameplay story segregation, and everyone will understand what you're talking about. Bless but bloody snobs. Listen, you tell that to Clint Hawking. Don't tell it to me. I'll tell it to J Mate. Maybe there we go. <laughs> Diegesis. Yeah. I mean, we, he was talking about ludic play last time we streamed together. And I Love was like, it. That just means play, play, you asshole. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no offense, Jay, mate. You're a lovely man. Um, Ricky gives six ninety Canadian dollars to say thanks, Marty and Yahtzee, for giving me something to listen to every week. Your discussions and jokes are a big help. So here's some money. Thank you Thank very you much, so much, Ricky. That means a lot. Sometimes it's Jack too, so we'll 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 give Jack one third of that six ninety. Yeah. And I think this will be the last one, so no more Super Chats after this. And let us know if we missed out any of those Super Chats you get for, like, upgrading your account, because they don't show up on this list for some reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we did. I think we did. I, I was, I've been following along the chat, and I think we did pretty good. Okay. Well, Krashnikov gives 20-somethings, Swedish krona, I think, to say, Playdate 2022, crank one out with our steamy decks. Oh, uh, that's a... That's, I feel like I, I dug that hole myself. Thanks for your wonderful contribution, Crash <laughs> Thanks, Crash Well, I guess that'll be it. Thanks for tuning in to Slightly Something Else yeah. on another lovely Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. Tuesday morning, from my perspective, anyway. Yeah. I was Yati Crochet. I'll see you all tomorrow for Zero Punctuation and the post-CP stream. We're uh, covering the Oculus Quest 2, as it happens. I love it. I love it. You, I, I like you were very salty about it, and you finally got one. So I'm, I'm, this is like a, a, a lesson in perseverance. Well, I had to pay for it myself. Well, can you to... expense it at least? <laughs> well, I could write it off on my tax return at least. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, what are you up to this week, Marty? Uh, yeah, we have a lot of stuff this week. We have uh, later today at uh, 3 p.m. Central, so an hour and a half from now, Casey and Jesse are going to be playing uh, a short hike for hidden gems uh if you guys haven't played short hike it is absolutely wonderful so tune that's, in check that out so i'll play it this afternoon because i ain't got shit all to play because i'm waiting for halo go. infinite to come out so i can play that to review yeah we did not get review copies of halo infinite and it doesn't go live i think tomorrow until noon so well, if we've already established we're not getting codes suck my hairy balls microsoft <laughs> didn't want to code anyway assholes It'd be funny if there's like one in your inbox now that is now just deactivated. Um, tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. Central, we'll have another episode of Breakout with Casey, Nick, and I. And then, and then uh, Thursday, a new episode of Adventure is Nigh drops on the site, continuing a, the exciting saga of the Jade Homunculus. 
We this, have an incredible day on Thursday. Yeah, this Ooh. week we've we actually having to get across a river, the river we ran into last time. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you guys are going to be able to do it. Is yeah. there like a boat? Are you going to ford the river? No. Would you be surprised to hear we get across it without a boat? No, impossible. You'll have to okay. tune in to find out how. Perfect. And the same day, the latest extra punctuation drops on YouTube, but you could be watching it right now if you watched it on the site, like all the cool kids. Is that the, 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 the game, our game's actually getting diverse? Yes, that one. Lovely. Yeah, check that out. Great video. That'll be a massive shit show the moment that drops on YouTube, I'm sure. Listen, if people actually watch the video, I think it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Because it has be... the word diverse in it, it doesn't mean it's scary. You'll be fine. Everyone's You'll fine. be fine. It'll be fine. You won't feel yeah. emans emasculated by it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a big Thursday. We have the Adventures Nigh, the new episode, uh, uh, the aforementioned Extra Punctuation. Uh, today we play is going to be Halo Infinite, that game that, that uh, Yahtzee just said can suck his hairy balls. Uh, and then at night, uh, at I think starting at 6 p.m. Uh, Central, KC, Nick, and I will be doing uh, a live watch-along for the Game Awards. So Ooh. tune in for for all the awards and the reveals and the Imagine Dragons performances. Oh, it's going to oh, be great. Well, who gives a shit about that? <laughs> Not an Imagine Dragons fan, I take it. Yeah. I'm just going to give Game of the Year a death loop because that was the thing with the most nominations. Yeah, I think you're a thousand percent right. All right. That'll be it from us then. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the donations. Thanks for being wonderful. Sorry, Ollie and Holly. I'm not sorry. I regret nothing, Ollie and Holly. <laughs>